0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hop Talk, the newest Johns Hopkins athletics podcast. My name is Matt Lawrence, and we're going to introduce to you a very special interview that Al and I recorded last week with Alan Gorney and Ross Anderson of the Johns Hopkins football program, two guys that took the initiative back in the summer to organize the Blue Jays Together program, which focuses on student-athlete mental health here in the Johns Hopkins athletics department, something that... I think everybody across the country right now and across the world can resonate with everything with COVID going on and everything going on, um, you know, across the country and across our landscape. So without further ado, we're going to kick it over to Ross and Alan, introducing the Blue Jays Together program. I hope you enjoy this interview on Hop Talk. All right. We're now welcomed in by two very special guests. We got two members of the Johns Hopkins football team joining us today. We got Ross Anderson a junior defensive back for the Blue Jays, and Alan Gorney, a junior offensive lineman for head coach Greg Kamara's Johns Hopkins football team. Ross, Alan, thanks so much for taking the time out to join us today. I know Alan's in Baltimore because I actually did a a video project with you last week. Ross, I assume you're in – are you in Baltimore as well? Yes, I am. So, Ross and Alan are both joining us from Baltimore. We'll kind of start there with, obviously, you know, no fall football season going on for you guys right now. I know you get to uh, enjoy some Sunday NFL football that maybe in the past you uh, you don't quite get the opportunity to with everything going on in season, but let's just start there with uh, how the two of you are doing. I know we didn't get the chance to to meet in person this fall and you know just talk to me a little bit about you know how you're doing physically and getting ready uh, for hopefully a, a spring season coming up.
1: Yeah, so most of us are in the football house, the upperclassmen, uh, and I think generally we're, doing all, we're all doing pretty good. It's funny you mentioned how we're doing physically. We actually got a weight room uh, started up in, in the football house, so it's on the second floor, uh, and we'll have just guys just come in there, get a quick lift, and very accessible. Uh, so I think definitely everyone's staying in shape. We're all really hoping that we have a season in the spring. And, yeah, it's, it's nice to be here around everyone. Um, definitely more emphasis on NFL film. Our coaches are showing us NFL film. Uh, we're able to kind of look at it and analyze it and see how it fits similarly to what we do. So that's a really cool aspect of it that we would have had, you know, if we weren't in quarantine.
0: Yeah, Ross, I actually, I'll follow up this question to you because I was actually, I was talking with head coach Greg Kamara and David Josephson, the offensive coordinator, last week. And, and they were talking about how they purchased the NFL Game Pass subscription so that you guys are basically able to access the all 22 which for those of you listening at home the all 22 is basically an upper aerial camera angle of the field where you can see all 11 players on offense all 11 players on defense and you can break down the film and they were really excited to get that going so talk to me a little bit about you know what a film session is and and now you're not watching yourselves but you're watching the best athletes in the world in the NFL. And so where do you see kind of those similarities from breaking down film of, you know, say a, a Tom Brady game with the the Bucks? How does that, you know, translate to what you guys are trying to do on a day-to-day basis?
2: It's really, really cool to be able to watch that, that film and get the, first off, just the different angles um, and be able to see everybody at once, not have to go between the wide shot where you're not really able to see what's going on with the offensive and defensive line and then have to swing to the tight shot where you can't see the wide receivers, right? And defensively, that's huge because being able to see what's going on holistically uh, across the whole field is huge because, I mean, the position I play, I play free safety and that's my job is to see everything, call everything out um, and be that guy just in the back watching out for everything, right? Where a lot of different positions can be a little bit more honed in on just what they're doing. So it's super, super cool to be able to see that different angle and then watching what, these professional athletes are doing is just kind of amazing, right? Like being able to see myself make plays on the field, the speed at which I move on the field and the guys that I'm playing against versus these dudes and what they're able to do and the ground that these safeties are able to cover. They're able to show like they're blitzing three yards from line of scrimmage and then go play the deep post in the middle of the field. It's unreal. And then the the plays that the quarterbacks and the wide receivers can make also unreal. Like there are plenty of times where we're watching, I think we were watching, uh, maybe it was Sam Darnold. Right. And he makes a throw from the opposite hash rips, like an 18 yard comeback to the opposite sideline. And it, it's like a 50 some yard throw and he puts it on a rope and our coach, our defensive coordinator right now is like, you know, guys, like, we're going to be in position to make that play because we're not playing against Sam Darnold throwing 50 yard darts. You know what I mean? So it's definitely really cool to be able to analyze it. There's definitely differences, right? Like the hashes are closer, so there's not really much of a field boundary type game. So we kind of have to call it a little bit differently. But to see what we have in our defensive, like, repertoire, our playbook, right, and see it run by the highest level of football that there is, it's so cool to see that come to fruition when we can't be doing it right now, which is unfortunate. But this is, like, the next best thing. I take
3: that little uh stress off you guys too, right? You're not worried about, shoot, did I miss, a, miss an assignment on this play or have to get called out in front of the whole team, right? There's, there's nothing that you did wrong or, or right on that uh, film that you guys are watching. So it must be a little bit different.
2: Oh, it definitely is. And the fact that you can also see professionals screw up too, and it's yep. their job. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of takes some pressure off you, not only in you're, – you're going in. Like, there are times where I go into film sessions. I'm like, man, did I screw up, and I know it's Play 12, and sure. I'm dreading getting to Play 12. But we now we can see that, you know, Darius Leonard, like freak athlete linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, like he messes up run fits. He messes up his pass responsibility Sometimes it happens and they're getting paid millions to do it. And I'm going to a division three school to play football. So like mistakes are okay. Mistakes happen. That's how you learn.
0: There's a difference between you guys as actual football players and a guy like myself where I just watch Red Zone all day, so I don't really ever see people mess up. The only only plays that I see on on a Sunday afternoon are scoring plays. So maybe in that case, a defensive player is messed up. But when you actually sit down and you watch an entire game's worth of film, it really gives you that sense of, you know, mistakes happen regardless of the level of competition, regardless of the level of athlete you are. It happens to everybody. And I think that's that's really cool. And that was something that when Greg told me about it last week, I I was excited for you guys because – I thought that would be a, a really cool opportunity to just get to watch that, you know, every week and, and dissect some NFL film. But the reason we brought the two of you on today is um, to talk about a program that you two were heavily involved with, involved with in the Blue Jays Together Mental Health Program. So kind of I'll kick it to Ross to, or let, let, let's kick it to Alan to start. Just talk to me a little bit, um, you know, a, about what the, this program is, how it got started and, and your two's involvement in it.
1: Blue Jays Together is a peer-to-peer group where we can come together as students, student athletes, and we can talk about important mental health topics. It got started over the summer um, when our coach was having a meeting, um, and we're just kind of thinking about the current political climate and how how it can be very like how it can like separate people. And I was thinking about, you know, maybe like there's a way like we can have like conversations to check in with people, make sure they're doing all right, especially right now in the middle of a global pandemic Uh, with everything going on in politics. Things are very heated. It would be a good idea to take a step back and think about reflect on their mental health. And I brought this idea up to coach uh, and we kind of got it going uh, with the help of student outreach. I think that this has a potential to be a really big program and talking about mental health of student athletes at Hopkins because of COVID mental health is kind of taking a dive. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of people around our age, college age, uh, adolescents are, you know, there are higher rates of depression now. And I think it would just be a good way for people to kind of take a step back, and reflect on what's going on in their lives.
0: And Ross asked the next question to you. So talk to me a little bit about, the number of, pe- number of people that you have involved with this, is this a, you know, a student athlete driven um, program or is this something that's open to everybody throughout, you know, every undergrad student at Hopkins?
2: So right now when Alan and I started this and I'm going to give, push most of the credit Alan's way. I mean, this was his idea. He came up with this and he approached me about helping him with it. And I said, hundred percent, right? So this is just a fantastic thing that I really hope Um, continues past COVID-19 times and continues and outlasts us um, when we graduate and leave here. But um, right now we have it open just to student athletes. Um, That's where it's open to just for the kickoff, right? And hopefully this gets to a point where maybe it's another group that is open to all students, all undergrads, um, or maybe this just becomes one huge integrated group as we can get back into in-person things because Huge groups on Zoom can sometimes be a little bit more difficult, but right now it's open to all student athletes. And our, our, our first session, we had, I think, uh, like six or eight people there, um, which for a pilot session, I thought was great um, to get the word out, get a couple people there, get talking. And I really think it was huge to have it in a smaller group for our first session so we could work out the kinks, so we could get everybody involved in the conversation um, with minimal issues. Um, Zoom wise, technology wise, you know, um, and just have everybody feel comfortable because I feel like maybe a huge group might have made some people feel uncomfortable sharing. And I think that this is the the biggest part is being able to sh- to share, having people a confidential place that you know you're safe to share your feelings, share your thoughts, and that you're not going to be judged for them. These aren't going to leave the place where we're talking, right? Like what happens in our conversations stay in our conversations. Um, and it's just I. Personally for me, it has been so, so helpful with my mental health and my happiness and, and ability to cope and deal with what's going on. And I
3: think, you know, you guys kind of you're showcasing this right now, right? You you all are, are in a similar situation, whether you're on the football team or, you know, the women's soccer team or the field hockey team and you know, you're, you're college students, right? You're at the same institution, you're dealing with the same stressors that academically and you know, you're dealing with the same COVID situation, right? In terms of how, you know, how that's affected your seasons and Um, you know I think you're such a great resource for each other um, because you know that right you're in the same age group and you're dealing with the same things and and I've seen you guys um, do such a good job supporting each other so I think one of the things I kind of want to know is as we look to grow this and as you guys look to grow this you know what would you say to someone that maybe is a little you know nervous or shy or someone you know especially if it's a lot of football players I know you guys your team has really supported this initiative and um, you know someone that maybe doesn't feel comfortable doesn't know you guys right so I'm fortunate enough to know you and know that you could talk for, for hours with you guys, right? Um, and it's calm, it's calm and it's welcoming and, you know, we can talk about football or anything else. But I think, you know, maybe you're a freshman on the field hockey team and you're, you're not exposed to this yet. And kind of what what would be the message you give to them in terms of, you know, why you should come? My message
1: to them was, would be that you would be surprised how many people are in a similar situation as you. You know, whether you're a freshman or a senior, you know, we had a whole – we had representation from freshmen to seniors. our first meeting and I think it's definitely comforting to know that whatever you're going through you're not alone Uh, you have a lot of support systems behind you your coaches your teammates you know even on campus resources they want you to succeed and they want you to have to have a good mental health you know coming to these meetings and having that sense of togetherness that sense of belonging is really important
2: the number one thing that I'd like to stress on top of that is this is a choice that you can make for yourself right to come and talk about mental health and if you're not comfortable coming and talking, you can come and listen to the conversation that's going on and hear, like Alan said, that other people are feeling the same way. Other people are going through the same things and that can be super, super comforting, right? Like I can compare it to being in a class where you're in a lecture full of 200 people and you have a question about whatever, let's call it physics, right? And you don't know where this value came from, what this equation is. And you're afraid to ask because you feel like it might be a stupid question like everybody else has got it down pat but like in reality none of us have mental health perfectly figured out nobody has it down to a science if it was then it'd be easy and we wouldn't there wouldn't be a need for this type of conversation right but there is a need because we're all in some way we all struggle and we all need to talk about it with somebody and if that's not us that's okay but I encourage everybody to have somebody to talk to and somebody to be close with enough to have these conversations. And like I said before, anything that happens in this zoom room right now will stay in that zoom room. And it's confidential and we're all understanding of anything that's going on. Maybe we can't exactly put ourselves We're not in the situation. We can't put ourselves in everybody's shoes, but we can all be empathetic and understanding.
0: Kind of leads me into my next question, Ross, because I know, A big thing over the last, uh, I don't know, 12 to 18 months that since Al has been here at Hopkins, since I've been here at Hopkins in my time over the last four years, and since Jen took over, I know one big thing that she has stressed in our athletic department is, you know, mental health and making sure that our student athletes, um, you know, have the resources that they need should they be struggling with mental health issues. So as you look with this Blue Jays Together program, and you know, you're looking six months down the line, 12 months down the line. What are some plans that you guys have to kind of grow the initiative? And it sounds like um, currently you're having these Zoom calls where you're having open dialogue and open conversation. What other plans may you guys uh, might have in place that you look to implement, um, you know, as we move forward in, in this COVID time? And then ideally, you know, back when we're back together at some point down the road.
1: So, you know, like you said, over Zoom, obviously things are a lot more difficult to organize. In the future, you know, once we're able to meet in person, definitely we would like to have these groups in person. Hopefully we'll get enough people where we can break up into smaller groups, have almost like leaders for these groups so they can start the conversation um, and then pass the conversation around to other people. That way no one feels pressure to start off. So yeah, we would have these groups in person and a really great idea that Al had. Would be the bring a buddy system. So, for your first meeting, if you think you really enjoy it, you know, and you feel like you got something out of it, then we're encouraging you to bring a buddy to the next meeting. I think that's one way that we can help Blue Jays together grow. You know, like you said, there's a real need for talks about mental health. And I think that this is a good way to normalize those kinds of talks.
2: Yeah, I think that last point that you just hit on, Alan, is the biggest thing Um, being able to normalize talks about mental health. Um, And I think you can see this in professional sports. A lot of athletes are now starting to become more open about their mental health struggles. Like Kevin Love is the first one that comes to mind. Um, NBA player. He is very, very open about the struggles that he has. Dak Prescott, same thing. Um, It's just so huge to be able to have these people that you can talk to. Right. And what I hope in moving forward, hopefully we can start meeting in person soon safely with distance, but in, in larger groups, um, to be able to have more people step up and be willing to lead groups like like Alan and I are doing right now. So if we can expand this to have a couple nights a week where we have conversations where they're all centered around the same topic, but you never know which way they're gonna go. Right. And we have my I can lead a group on Mondays, Alan can lead one on Wednesdays, and someone else who wants to step up and feels like they are really passionate about mental health and passionate about helping other people can step up and say, Hey, you know what guys, I want to try and help lead. Or if there's an abundance of people, we can rotate leaders and everybody can have their own topic and we can each week or a couple of days a week, we can have different topics about mental health that you can go to. If it's, if it's of interest to you or if it's not, you don't have to. Um, and like having that, those options for people, I think is, is the biggest thing because like I said, like we have been saying, everybody struggles with something different, right? So if you can, have a wide variety of topics to discuss, I feel, I feel like that would be able to hit and apply to more people.
3: I want to give you guys credit, um, and I don't know if our listeners know, but, you know, one of the plans that they had when they came up with this idea was to have a different topic each session. And, um, you know, those topics range from, you know, being stuck at home and what, what is that doing to you? Or, you know, our next session, I believe, is on kind of dealing with that potential loss of your season. Um, for our spring sport athletes, we already have one loss season, and for our fall sports, it's kind of that limbo. Um, you know, so I think that was a really good job by you, especially when we are talking about normalizing, because, you know, regardless of how your mental health is right now, you're all dealing with that very topic, right? So in some way, shape or form, you're dealing with that topic and which can, you know, really give a lot of different perspectives uh, to what you guys are doing. So is there any thoughts to kind of what some of those topics might look like going forward? You know, ideally, once we're out of um, this COVID centric environment, where a lot of those topics come from right now, and they should be right, because that's what we're all dealing with. But. You know, have you guys thought about any ideas of of some maybe things to do once things get to um, more normal than than they are right now?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. A lot of topics that we're talking about now are centered towards um, you know COVID and how people are dealing with COVID and you know the effects of that. You know, like family. We're obviously spending more time around our families. You know, how COVID has impacted you, how it's impacted your mental health. Some more topics that we were. Thinking about you know maybe besides ones that are related to COVID would be more related to your season you know like how to deal with playing time if you're not getting as much playing time as you think you deserve um you know how to deal with coaches if you feel like the relationship between players and coaches is maybe not the best you know things like body image burnout from class you know and um, you know generally more more general subjects that might overlap with just being a student at Hopkins, because to be a student at Hopkins and an athlete at Hopkins can be really demanding. And I think it's important to take some time to really think about that. If I come in.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's a great point, because, you know, I, I think back to when I was in college and I, I wasn't an athlete and, and I still had times where you know, I felt overwhelmed with classes, exams, and homework, and everything else that goes into being a college student. And then you throw on top of that, the fact that you guys are at a premier institution in the world. And on top of that, you are going to football practice, and you're putting in the hours of what any normal division one football player would be doing as well. And so like, I can personally see from the outside how that could be mentally exhausting, physically exhausting, and I think that what you guys have done here is just allowed yourselves to open up and, you know, have these conversations with the other kids and the other student athletes in the department to know that, you know, we're all dealing with the same thing right now. And whether it's, you know, in normal times when you're going to practice and, you know, regardless of what level of an athlete you are, there's always those issues with, you know, I'm not getting enough playing time that I think I deserve I, or you know, my coach and I aren't seeing eye to eye, my position coach and I have disagreements about, you know, the way that we should be, you know, running our defense or, or anything along those lines. You see that at every single level of sports, regardless of if you're in middle school playing on your youth pee wee team, or if you're in the NFL. I mean, you, we saw yesterday, AJ Green go over to the sideline, basically quit on his team, and then on the bench, like verbal to his coach, why don't you trade? me?" And, and so it's like, you see these things at all levels of sports. And I think, you know, having this open dialogue and giving your, giving yourselves an opportunity to just voice these opinions, knowing that you're in a confidential setting. I, I think that's going to go a long way. Um, and, I, and I applaud you guys for, for getting this, getting this going, Ross, I guess I'll ask this question to you, since you two seem to be the ones that have really kind of originated this Alan, um, I know Ross gave you a lot of the credit up front. But was this um, this whole the the mental health side of things? Is this something that the two of you have always been interested in, and you know, looking to be more involved in, or what kind of you know got your head spinning back in the summer to, to kind of get this going?
2: Yeah. So for me, um, mental health has definitely not always been at the forefront of my you know uh, like rank of importance list, right? Because Person who's always trying to be busy and always trying to be doing something, right? Whether it's school, whether it's uh, sports or what have you, anything else you can throw on that list, right? Relationships, family, friends, everything, right? And I'm trying to be as busy, busy, busy as possible. And then when I started taking a step back and looking around at the people that I love, right, and how mental health is a very, very real struggle for people that I love. And that, that's what opened my eyes because I had a couple people that um, went down some dark paths and, and had some real struggles with it. And that opened my eyes to say, okay, what is really going on here? And how can we take care of ourselves and how can we take care of the ones around us? And that's when a couple of years ago it got very, very real for me. And it and every day when I look around I, I realize it that it's still real. Right. And that even if you're not clinically diagnosed with depression anxiety, it's still an area that you have to take care of yourself just as much as you need to stay in shape and eat right. Right. You need to take care of your your mental health and you need to help those around you as well when that help is is necessary. Right. And just check in on people and make sure that people are okay. And that's that's really when it when it became very important
0: to me. And guys, we as as we wrap up here, Alza, Alza Internet for those of you listening is getting a little spotty, but Well, uh, I kind of want to leave you with this as a way for you guys to kind of plug your program, Alan, you know, for fellow student athletes that maybe listen to this, whether they're in their, you know, dorm room or their house right now and, um, you know, or they're, you know, back at home still at their parents' house because they didn't come back uh, for the fall semester and they're, they're feeling these, these issues as well. How do they get involved? Who do they reach out to? And and what are you guys doing as far as future programming that kids can get involved with? To answer
1: your question, I'm going to kind of reflect a little bit about my freshman year and my experience. And, you know, towards the end of my freshman year, I was in a pretty bad place
2: Uh, without getting into details.
1: um, You know, it got to the point where people came up to my coach and were like, Hey, like Alan doesn't look like he's like doing that well, or, you know, maybe it would be good for you to talk to him. So, my coach, he scheduled a meeting with me, Coach Kamara did, and, you know, I just kind of laid it out, out on the table for him. He saw to it that I could get the resources that I needed, and those resources were through the Student Outreach Center, which is in Charles Commons, um, but it's available to every student, and it's, it's just kind of crazy how a lot of people don't even know that it exists, and a lot of people don't even know, like, where to start. Um, when they need help. If you're going through a tough time, we can hook you up with student outreach. And Liz Winberry, who is a wonderful person, um, has helped me through a lot of my issues. So my way of giving back is through Blue Jays Together to offer a program to talk about mental health, something that I didn't have available to me when I was a freshman. I wanna make this program Available to every student athlete. I want to make it something that Is a staple of the athletic department uh, Because I think that by addressing these issues Where they start We can improve the mental health of the whole student athlete community
0: that, That's awesome Alan we, we greatly appreciate all the work you're doing And, and appreciate you, um, you know, Being open enough to, to tell that story with us So, so thank you for that Alan and Ross, thank you both so much for for taking the time out to join us today. Thank you for all the work that you're doing, Al. You have any uh, any any final thoughts?
3: No, I mean I think it was it was really great to hear, um, you know, your your goals and your visions and your why with this, and you know, I'm excited to to be there and watch you guys grow it. And you know, Matt and I and the people in the department will help any way that we can. And 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 just a fantastic initiative, and we're so proud of you guys for putting that together. And it's such a necessary thing, but I think it's even more powerful when it comes from the athletes. Um, and I think that's, you know, the goal is to increase the buy-in and I think there's no way that someone could look at what you're doing and not buy into it. Um, and I just know it's going to be a crucial way to help people for for years down the line. So, um, you know, even after you guys graduate, you know, my goal is for this to keep going and, and, you know, be because of you guys.
0: Well, for everyone at home, this has been Ross Anderson and Alan Gorney, two juniors on the Johns Hopkins football team. Ross, Alan, once again, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for hopping on. And uh, best of luck with the rest of the fall semester and everything that you're doing with the Blue Jays Together program.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.